This student ministry podcast is a sermon preached by Pastor Jim Shetler at the 2008 West Coast Baptist Teen Camp. Pastor Shetler is the senior pastor of the First Baptist Church in Santa Maria, California, and we hope this message is a blessing to you. For more sermon resources, please visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. Take your Bibles and turn to a very familiar passage of Scripture, at least story. Matter of fact, if I were to ask you tonight to give me the ten most familiar stories in the Bible, I dare say this story would be in it. You probably heard this story since you were a little kid. And I want to talk to you about Jesus feeding the 5,000. You know, I'll tell you something about this story. It's found in all four of the Gospels. You know, that's unusual. Outside of the crucifixion and resurrection story, there are very few, only a couple things that are found in all four of the Gospels. But this one is, the Gospel that I've chosen tonight to read from is John, John chapter 6. If you would take that and we'll turn to the feeding of the 5,000. Now there's a certain reason why I chose the Gospel of John. You know, each Gospel gives a little bit different element about a story. And that is very true about the story we're going to look at right now. Matter of fact, Matthew does not mention what we're about to say. Mark does not mention it, nor does Luke mention it. Only the Gospel of John mentions it. And I find that interesting because if any of you stood up and told this story, you would say something that's found only in the Gospel of John. I'll show it to you in just a minute. But John chapter 6, we're going to begin reading at verse number 2. And young people, I want to say this before I get started. I do mean this from the bottom of my heart. I would give anything for to pick up all that luggage for you, put it on a bus, and drive it to Santa Maria, California. I would give anything to have all of you at our church and in our youth group. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Young people, I've been preaching at camps for years. And I just want you to know this is one of the tenderest camps of young people's hearts that I've ever preached at. And I really, I thank the Lord for you. By the way, I thank the Lord for your parents and your churches, because that's why you have tender hearts. Let me tell you, and I I just really praise the Lord for that. By the way, let me invite you to come by if you're traveling up 101 sometime up to Santa Maria. Come visit us at First Baptist. I'd love you just come by and say, hey, I was at camp with you, and uh, we'll take you out to eat or something. We'll do something with you, all right? John chapter 6, John chapter 6. Oh, I mean it. John chapter 6, beginning at verse number 2. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? <clears throat> and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000. So that's 5,000 men, probably 15,000 people altogether. Verse 11, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. Our text tonight 
is found in verse number 9. This is the only gospel that mentions who gave their lunch to the Lord. Matthew doesn't mention it, Mark doesn't mention it, and Luke doesn't mention it. Only the gospel of John gives us our text tonight. John 6, verse 9, it says, There is a lad here. Would you say that with me? There is a lad here. Young people, I believe with all my heart tonight, there is a lad here that is ready to give their lunch to the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I come to you tonight, and I pray this evening, Father, as we preach on the Lord, the lad, and the lunch, I pray tonight that a young person would affect eternity. Father, if the rapture comes tonight, I believe that the decisions that are made tonight would still be important. Father, if the rapture does not come for 10 or 15 or 20 more years, I pray that the decisions that are made tonight will produce fruit throughout the world. And Lord, I ask that the next great missionary, Christian school teacher, preacher, and evangelist is here tonight ready to give their lunch to you. Father, I have no idea what they may be holding right now, but Lord, whatever it is, may tonight be the night they surrender it over to you. And dear Lord, I pray eternity will not be the same because of this evening's service. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Years ago, I walked into my house, and my, my youngest son was just a little one, just a little tot, and I walked in the house, and I walked in the kitchen, and I startled him. When I startled Drew, the very first thing that he did when he saw me walk into the kitchen, he had something in his hand, and he made a fist just like this, and he immediately put it behind his back, like I had caught his hand in the cookie jar. As soon as I saw that, I knew he had something he shouldn't have, and I said, Drew, come here. Well, Drew didn't come. <clears throat> I said, Drew, come here. And Drew didn't come. I said, Drew, give me what you have in your hand. And Drew started walking backwards. I said, Drew, you stop right now where you are. And you come here. And you open up your hand and let me have what's inside. And he went backwards. Well, here I am, grown adult, walking down the hallway of our house, chasing this little boy. Finally, he's back, he backs up to his bedroom, and he's all the way back in the corner. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what that kid has in his hand, but man, he's, it better be something pretty good because he's going to get in big trouble for it. So finally, I get a hold of Drew, and I grab his little hand around like this, and I have to start prying open his fingers. And I'm starting to pry open his fingers, and when I open up his hands, I went, oh, 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 gross, oh, and in my son's hand is three quarters of a cockroach. Now, some of you don't appreciate cockroaches because you're not from Florida, but they are the grossest thing in the world. He's got three quarters of a cockroach in his hand. Still to this day, we don't know where the other quarter went to. But he's got three quarters of a cockroach. I take him into the bathroom. I wash his hands. And here's what I said. I said, oh, Drew, bad, no good, cockroach, bad. I said, Drew, mommy and daddy will give you good things. Don't, no more cockroaches. Now, some of you hear that story and you think, your son is gross, let me tell you. <laughs> but you know what, young people? It is pretty sick to be holding three quarters of a cockroach and considering it that important. 
But I'll tell you this, after 25 years of ministry, I know a lot of teenagers that have held on to stuff that's grosser than a cockroach and won't give it up. Young person, tonight I encourage you, whatever you're holding on to, and by the way, what you're holding on to may be something good. I encourage you tonight, give it to the Lord. You'll never regret giving whatever you have to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to look at this story very quickly tonight, as quickly as I can. And I want you to see three things. The Lord, the lad, and the lunch. Would you look first of all at the Lord? And the whole story is about the Lord. Look at verse number five. The Bible says, When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? I want to tell you something, young person. We may live close to Hollywood, Hollywood, California, but I want to tell you this. That the Hollywood Jesus is not the Bible Jesus. And young person, when you get a view, when they do these plays and they get someone to be Jesus and and Hollywood portrays Jesus in a movie, it's kind of like he's got this weird looking hair. He's got these weird looking eyes. He's got this white gown. Everyone else is in these regular gowns. And he just kind of moves around and just kind of like, does he know what's going on? Let me tell you. Our Savior knew everything that was going on. And he did not ask this question because he needed the answer. Jesus never asked one question to get information. Jesus always asked questions to examine those he was asking. This is the midterm. How many of you have ever taken midterms before? You've taken midterms in school and everything? This is the disciples' midterm examination. For three years is the earthly ministry of Jesus, about three and a half. This is about the one and a half year period. And it's time to get a midterm essay question. And he brings Philip over and he says, hey, Philip, man, people are coming out from Tiberias. They're coming from Capernaum. They're coming up into the Judean hills. I mean, we got 5,000 men, probably at least 10,000 other people coming. And they're all coming out there to see Jesus. Jesus is not like, oh, what are we going to do? We don't get enough food. Judas, how much money we got in the bag? What are we going to do here? What are we going to do? No, no. I want to tell you this, young person. This is not a Jesus that's concerned. He knows exactly what he's going to do. But he wants to see how his disciples have learned. And he said, hey, Phil, come here. How are we going to feed all these people? Well, young person, his answer is the wrong answer. He fails his midterm. But he does what every one of us do. Notice what he says. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread. By the way, that's about a year's salary. We're not talking about little peanuts here. We are talking about a good amount of money. But no way enough to feed all these people. And he says, 200 penny worth is not sufficient. Young person, can I share this with you? And you need to hear this with both ears wide open. God's will for your life will never be in a place or a vocation that you can do. Let me say that again. God's will for your life will never lead you to a place you can do. And let me tell you why. God's will for your life will lead you to a place that you will be inadequate to do. And there's a reason for that. So that Christ can be God in your life. So that you're going to need him and not your own. If you're thinking, okay, you know, I'm pretty good with this. And, and I'm pretty, I got aptitudes over here. And you know, I got a little bit of music talent. I got a little bit of athletic ability. I could do a little bit of this. I could do a little bit of this. They might tell you something, young person. It's not about what you can do. It's about what he can do. So he's going to lead you in a place that you can't handle. He's going to lead you. So when, they say, when he said, hey, how can we do this? Well, we don't have enough natural resources. 
And young person, you do not have enough natural resources to do the will of God in your life. You don't have it. And this is the whole point of the first point about the Lord. Jesus is trying to reveal himself. Here's the right answer to the exam. Jesus, you healed the sick. You you took care of Peter's mother. We've seen you walk on water. We've seen you do this and we've seen you do that. Jesus, if they need bread, you could be the bread of life for them. You could just snap your hands or whatever and they could have all the food that they need because you are the son of God. You are the Messiah. You can do it. Now, young person, that's what he wanted to hear. And I want you to know God is going to put you in situations that probably our tendency is going to be natural resources, first of all. What can I do to answer this? Young person, it's not about that. God's going to take you things through your life to show himself strong to you. Hey, you remember a guy named Moses? He's 80 years old, and he's taken around a bunch of sheep. And he comes to a bush that's burning, but it's not consumed. And he comes up to that bush, and it begins talking to him. It says, take off your, sh- your sandals. So he takes off his sandals. You're on holy ground, Moses. And the bush begins to talk, and it's God. And it says, Moses, you're going to take Israel out of Egypt. He says, no, I'm not. I can't do it. I can't speak well. I'm not good at it. I, I-, I can't do it. He says, no, Moses, you're going to do it. Well, if I do do it, who am I going to say sends me? And this is really interesting. He gives a name that is so important for every one of you to understand, young person. He gives his high holy name. There's three names of God in the Old Testament. Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim. By the way, that's the plural form of God. The very first verse of the Bible teaches the Trinity. In the beginning, God's. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit created the heavens and the earth. The second name for God in the Old Testament is Adonai. It means Lord and Master. But the third name is his high holy name. It is the name Jehovah. And this is the name that he gave to Moses at the burning bush. Do you know what that word Jehovah means? Anyone know? What does it mean? I am. That's the stupidest name. That's a weird name. I am? I am what? I am who? I mean, if I come up to you tonight and I say, hi, I am Jim Shetler. And you say, I am what? Robert? Okay, that was good. You're Robert, so you're not Bob, Tom, or Stephanie, are you? You're Robert. I am Robert. I am Jim. Now, this has got to be the funniest name in the world. You go back and tell Israel that I am sent you. Young person, do you know what he was trying to tell Moses? And this is the same thing that Jesus was trying to tell these disciples. He was trying to say to them, I am blank. That's like getting a blank check. And can you imagine coming home from camp and your parents saying, you know what? We heard some really good things from you at camp. And, and I just want to do something for you, honey. Come here, daughter. Come here, son. I'm going to write this check for you. I'll put your name in it, and I'm just going to leave it blank. Go ahead, son or daughter. You fill in the amount. Can you imagine? That'd be pretty good if your parents did that. Amen? I mean, a blank check. And they had the money in the bank to cash it too, you know. You could just put whatever you want. That's what the Lord was trying to tell the people of Israel. He was saying, tell them, I am sends me. Whatever you need me to be, that's what I'll be. You guys are going to need a counselor. Yeah, I'm your counselor. 
You're going to need a deliverer. Yeah, I'll be your deliverer. You're going to need a savior. I'll be your savior. You're going to need power. I'll be your power. You're going to need a friend. I'll be your friend. He is I am young person. He is everything you will ever need him to be. And that's what he was trying to show the disciples that day. He was trying to show the disciples, hey, Philip, come here. What should we do? Man, you are it. Whatever they need, you can be. Young person in your life, God is trying to reveal himself to you. He wants to be your I am. And if you go down the cancer road, if you go down the physical hardship, if you go down the financial, if you go through different things in your family, in your home, whatever you go through, it is to show his power, who he is to you. And that's what he was trying to do. That's the Lord. The second thing I want you to see tonight, I want you to see the lunch. Would you look with me down at verse number nine? And in verse 9, we see the lunch. There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? You know, whenever we tell this story, we spend so much time on five biscuits and two fish. And Brother Schmidt, can I tell you this? I've been working with teenagers for years, and I'm so sick and tired of pastors and youth pastors talking about the potential of this teenager, the potential of this class. You know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, a live dog is better than a dead lion. You know what? I'm so tired of hearing about potential. Oh, this kid, he is so athletic. Man, he is so, you know, he's a good looking guy. He's got it academically. If he were to give his life over to the Lord Oh, what God could do with that person. So the little seventh grade girl God can't use. Let me tell you something, young person. It's not about the lunch that you have here tonight. You're no God's gift to anybody. It's not about, if you do have musical talent, praise the Lord. If you can shoot a basket, praise God. But young person, can I tell you this tonight? The person that has the least abilities in here. If they give what they have to the Lord, God can use them greater than the person that's got the most potential in this whole room. I'm sick and tired of Christianity. I'm like, wow, did you hear this famous athlete got saved? Oh, what he could do for Jesus Christ. You know what? You give me a 16-year-old teenager that's on fire for God, and I'll take them over any of these, some of these athletes. Young people, I want to tell you, it's not about your lunch. It's about what Jesus did with the lunch. Look what he did with it. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. Verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks. Well, two things we see right away. He takes the lunch. And then he blesses the lunch. Young person, he doesn't bless your life until he has your life. It's not about making a deal with God. Okay, Lord, okay, all right. This is good tonight, this is good. All right, Lord, I really think that I'm ready to give my life to you. But Lord, will you bless me? Lord, I'll give you my life, but will you bless me? Will you do this for me? Will you give me a good looking spouse? Will you give me these, this home? Will you do this for me? Lord, will you do this for me? And if you do that for me, then I'll give you my life. God doesn't work that way, young person. He doesn't bless anything until he has it. 
He's got to have it before he blesses it. He first of all took the lunch and then he gave thanks for it. Young person, I don't know what you have tonight. I don't know if it's your dreams. I don't know if it's a relationship. I don't know if it's a cockroach or if it's a talent. But whatever it may be, young person, tonight, you give it over to the Lord. And after he gets it, then he blesses it. He's not going to bless your life until he has you. Some of you have gone through your life. You say, I don't understand. I don't get blessed like other people. That's just an indication that God doesn't have you yet. Young person, he can't bless what he doesn't have. Give it to him tonight. But I want you to see the third thing he does, because this is huge. He takes it. He blesses it. And young person, there's about three times in this message that you've got to hear really well. And this is one of them. The other three gospels say he breaks it. He breaks it. He broke it. Young person, I stand here tonight and tell you this. Anything you give to the Lord, he will break. God breaks everything you give him. What are you talking about? What do you mean breaks? I mean he breaks it. Brother Scheller, do you want us to give our lives to the Lord? I do more than anything in the world. You don't know how I've prayed today and over the last weeks for this message. Well, now you're telling me if we give something to the Lord, he's going to break it. Oh, he's going to. And Hudson Taylor, the great inland China missionary, said it well when he said, God never works through a man until he works in a man. Young person, I want you to know this. If tonight you give something over to the Lord, he is going to break you. There is going to be sorrow. There is going to be affliction. There is going to be heartache. And there's going to be trouble. I am not standing up here tonight and saying, oh, young people, young people, give your lunch to Jesus and everything in your life is just going to be great your senior year. Just just really just give your seat. Oh, and, and young people, everything's just going to be so good. If you just give your life to the Lord, you'll never have another problem. No, I'm here to tell you, if you give your lunch to the Lord, you're going to really have affliction. You're going to really have trials. You're going to really suffer because young person, he can't use anything until it's broken. So I want you to know tonight, when we come to the invitation, if you say, God, I want to give my lunch to you, then young person, get ready to be broken because it's not a bed of roses. There's going to be some sacrifice. There's going to be some suffering. And young person, if you give what you have to the Lord, he's going to break it. But then the last thing he did with it, he gave it out. He gave it out. Young person, once he breaks it, he puts it back together so great. And then he's able to use it and able to use you in such a mighty way. There's the Lord. There's the lunch. As we close, let me talk to you about the lad. All my life, I've heard this story. I came from a Catholic background, but I can still remember in catechism, coloring the the pictures of the little boy giving his lunch to the Lord. And I've always wondered about this little boy. Now, I'm the type of guy, when I read the Bible, hold on for a minute. When I read the Bible, I love to think about it. And I love to, you know, I I love to go to bed thinking about Bible stories. And like, I wonder how this happened. I wonder what this was like. I wonder what what the ark smelt like, you know? I mean, I just think about a bunch of stuff, you know? Well, I'm thinking about this little kid. Who is this little guy? Where'd he come from? Why is he, we got 15,000 people out there. Why is he the only person that's got any food? Who is this kid? Where'd he come from? Well, I lived in Israel for six months. And I believe 
that we went out into the Judean hills where this might have happened. There are some beautiful valleys that make perfect amphitheaters, like we're going to go out to tonight, where Jesus could be down in the valley, and on the meadows and the hills, he could speak, and everyone could have heard him. And I believe there's some of these outside of a town called Tiberias, right on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus did a lot of his teaching there. There's a good chance that this little guy probably came from Tiberias. Now, what was his name? Well, I don't know for sure what his name was, but why don't we just give him a good old Bible name 2,000 years ago? You know a good old Bible name? By the way, there's nine of these mentioned in the Old Testament. Obadiah. So let's call the, let's call the kid Obadiah. And can you imagine the morning that this happened? I mean, this kid is so excited. He's going to go out and hear Jesus teach and see Jesus do miracles. And by the way, can you imagine what that must have been like? Can you imagine what it must have been like to hear Jesus teach, to hear Jesus speak, and to see Jesus do the miracles? I mean, if you were a little kid, that was like, wow. By the way, that's got Star Wars beat to pieces, let me tell you. I want to tell you, to see Jesus, hear Jesus teach and see Jesus do miracles, man, what a thing that must have been. So the little boy's waking up in the morning, so excited. He says, Mom, Mom, I can't find my sandals. Where are my sandals? Obadiah, they're right under the mat where you left them last night. Oh, okay. Mom, I got to get going. I got to get going. Obadiah, I packed you a little lunch. It's on the counter. Make sure you take it with you on your way out. Oh, Mom. I don't need a lunch. I, I, I don't, Obadiah, I packed you a lunch. You take that lunch. Mom, I don't need a lunch. Obadiah, I know how those Baptist preachers are. You better take a lunch. <laughs> so Obadiah takes the lunch, you know, and he's, he's the only kid with the lunch, you know. So what does he do? He hides it under his toga, you know. And he goes out in the streets, and there's his friends out there. You know, Amos, Joel, Hosea. Brother Shelter, how do you know that those are their names? Well, they were all young, under 18, so the minor prophets, I don't know. So anyways, so Obadiah and his buddies, they go out to the field, you know, and as they're walking out, you know, one of them, you know, Zachariah says, Hey, Obadiah, what you got underneath your toga? What's that bulging out? Nothing, nothing. Mommy pick you a little lunch. Oh, come on, guys, let's just go. Let's just go see Jesus. So they go out there, and they get out there, and you got Andrew. Hey, is there anyone out here that has any food? Is there, is there anyone here that has any food? And, you know, the boys are going, right here, man, right here. He's got something, you know. And, and, and Andrew comes over, and, he's, and he sees the little boy, and he says, son, do you have something? Well, I, I got a little lunch my mom made. W would you like to give your lunch to the Lord? To Jesus? Yeah, would you like to give? Yeah. You know, the rest of the boys are like, well, I wish mom would have packed me something. You know, and the, they bring Obadiah right on a, can you imagine what it was like for Obadiah. And Obadiah comes on up there, and he's got his little lunch, and there is Jesus, the Son of God. And Obadiah's sitting there, and Jesus comes over, and he leans down. He says, son, do you have something for me? <laughs> son, do you have something? Oh, Jesus, you are so cool. Jesus, you are like the best Bible teacher in the world. Jesus, do you have something? You, oh, my mom makes really good tuna fish salad sandwiches. Would you like it, Jesus? You want to give it to me? Yeah, Jesus, you take my mom's lunch. You'll really like it. And Jesus takes that lunch. And Obadiah is sitting there watching the whole thing. And Jesus takes that lunch. And he gives thanks to the Father. And he blesses the lunch. And he begins to break it. And he begins to break it. 
And he begins to break it. And the disciples go out with baskets and they come running back and he begins to break it. And he keeps breaking it. And Obadiah is sitting over there going like, wow, that was, that was a little lunch. And he's watching them and they're breaking that bread. And that little kid's sitting there going like, wow, that was a big lunch I carried out here, you know. And he's watching Jesus give this all out. Young person, I know it just says there's a lad here. But who in the world is this kid? Who is this kid? But I want to tell you this. Don't you think that was the greatest moment of that kid's life when he gave his lunch to the Lord? Young people, young people, can you imagine when that boy got home that night? Can you picture the scene when Obadiah got home that night? Mom, mom, you won't believe it. Mom, it's unbelievable what happened today. Mom, mom, you won't believe it. It's unbelievable, mom. Mom, today, mom, Jesus, you wouldn't believe it, mom. Mom, it was unbelievable. Mom, it was incredible. Mom, oh, mom, I gotta tell you. Mom, you won't believe what happened today. Mom, you won't believe what happened. You won't believe what happened. Obadiah, settle down. Mom, 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 you won't believe what happened. What happened, Obadiah? The lunch, the lunch, the lunch you gave me. Mom, the lunch you gave me. You know the lunch? Yes, Obadiah. What about the lunch? Mom, 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 the lunch you gave me today. I gave it to Jesus. You gave your lunch to Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave it to Jesus. And then he prayed over it. And then he began to break it. And mom, he gave that lunch to all the disciples. He gave that little lunch to all of the disciples? And then they went out. And then they fed. And they fed. Mom, I think there were 15,000 people fed by that lunch today. Obadiah, you go to your room right now. And you don't come out of that room until you're ready to tell the truth. Mom, I'm telling you the truth. I gave my lunch to Jesus today, and he fed 15,000 people. Young people, you tell me that that wasn't the greatest moment in that kid's life. Seriously. Picture that kid growing up. Picture him at 80 years of age. <laughs> Boys and girls, come close, come close. Have I ever told you though, the story about the feeding? Yeah. Have I ever told you the time I gave my lunch to Jesus and he fed 100,000 people? <laughs> I ever tell you the time I, I gave that lunch to Jesus and he just multiplied it. Yeah, like 400 times, Grandpa, you've told the story. But young people, I want you to know, that that was the greatest moment of that young man's life. When he said, God, you can have my lunch. And young people, I'm going to tell you this. He'll break you. But the greatest moment you'll ever have in your life after your salvation is to be able to be used by the master and be able to give him whatever you've got in your hand. Several years ago, my last year as a youth pastor, we took a missions trip to the Bahamas. We had 16 teenagers and we were going to the Bahamas and we were gonna sing and present words in government schools. It was gonna be the most exciting thing and it was. And we worked all year long <clears throat> with the teenagers, with puppets, skits, music, testimonies, Bible stories, we worked all year long. And we would have practice once every other week. And every other week when we had practice, Eric, do you know what those kids always ask me? 
Every time I think they got together and say, tonight it's your turn, you ask them. Tonight it's your turn. They asked me, we're going to the Bahamas. What did they ask me every other week, all year long? Pastor Scheller, when we're down in the Bahamas serving the Lord, are, are we going to be able to go snorkeling? Hey, wait, 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 wait. This is a missions trip. This isn't a snorkel trip. We're not taking a vacation, young people. It's a mission. I know, I know, Pastor, I know. But like, like if we could find one beach like for the girls to swim at and one beach for the guys, I mean, could, could we maybe do the snorkel thing? Young people, it's not about snorkeling. It's about serving the Lord all year long. Can we go snorkeling? Can we go snorkeling? Can we go snorkeling? I wanted to drown all those kids, you know? <laughs> so we get over there. Oh, they were fabulous. I mean, we got little boxes with all these kids with their big eyes. And by the way, they do their pledge to the Bahama, the Bahamian flag, you know, and they all look so cute. We, we preached. We saw kids get saved. The teenagers led them to the Lord. It was an incredible week. Thursday night, we only had about two days left. Thursday night, we took the teenagers inland in the inside of the island, in the interior of the island, to an orphanage. And we had this bus. I remember the bus going down the road. Rah, 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 and everyone's bouncing and everything. And we go to this orphanage. And when we arrived at the orphanage, there must have been 20 children all lined up between the age of four and probably 15. And they're all lined up waiting for the group to come. And as soon as we got off the bus... I mean, they jumped into our, they just wanted to touch our skin. They wanted to feel our hair. They got in our arms. I mean, they were all over us. We did our whole program that night, I think, three times. Every skit they wanted to hear again, <clears throat> every song, every testimony. I mean, we just, and we had a time. At the end of the night, I'm trying to get the kids back, uh, my kids back on the bus. Come on, we got to go. We all pissed the shell. Look at we stay. Come on, guys, we got to go. We got to go. Come on, we get sleep. Come on, we got to let these kids go to bed. These kids, the orphans didn't want us to go. Our teenagers didn't want us to go. And we finally got them on the bus and we drove back to the camp where we were staying. They're singing songs. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is so cool. And we get back to the camp and I take them in the back room. And the guy that was with me was a Fred Carlson who was also in charge of the group. And I got him in the back. And I said, young people, I got some good news to tell you. Fred and I were doing a little research, and we checked a few rental places, and we found a beach. And guess what, young people? Tomorrow, we're going snorkeling. We're going snorkeling tomorrow. And I wish all of you could have been in that room. Because at that time, the kids started putting their heads down. We're going snorkeling tomorrow. Yeah, what? Pastor Shelley, we were talking in the back of the bus, and we were wondering, could we go back to the orphanage tomorrow and see those kids again? Young people, you know what had happened? They had tasted serving the Lord. And young people, once you taste serving the Lord, I got to tell you, there's nothing this world has to offer that compares to it. Young person, when you give your lunch to Jesus Christ, I got to tell you, it does something for you. I just got back last week from taking a group of seniors to Alaska. And I got to tell you, this wasn't probably the most spiritual senior class we've ever had. But you know, we get them up in the Fort Yukon above the Arctic Circle, and they start ministering. And they're going, this is the coolest thing in the world. This is great. And young person, can I tell you this? 
You give your lunch to Jesus Christ and you'll never regret it. He'll break you. You're going to go through affliction. You're going to have hard times. But I will tell you, you give your lunch to Jesus Christ and young person, it's the greatest thing you'll ever do. You know, you're looking at somebody who is not musical, athletic. You saw me jump at that ball. I'm not musical. I'm not athletic. I'm not smart. I had friends in college that graduated magna cum laude and, mag, you know, summa cum laude. I graduated magna cum lucky. You know, I mean, I, I didn't have it, young person. I struggled at public school. I struggled at a Christian college. I don't have any athletic ability. I don't have any musical ability. But I will tell you this. As a freshman in college, I gave my lunch to Jesus Christ. And God has blessed my life so much. Young person, I'm telling you tonight, you give that area to the Lord, whatever it might be. You say, dear God, it's yours. I give it to you. Lord, I give you my dreams. I give you this relationship. I give you my music. I give you my dress. I give you my heart. I give you my plans for the future. God, I'll go to a Christian college. Lord, here's my lunch. You will be broken, but you will never regret giving your lunch to Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this Student Ministry 127 podcast. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.edu.